there can be a tendency for your musical limitations mm-hmm. to drive your theological diet. Mm. Meaning that, well, if the song doesn't have an orchestral arrangement, we're not going to do it. Welcome to Soundless Doctrine, the podcast of Sovereign Grace Music, where we explore what the Bible has to say about music and worship in the church and encourage those who plan, lead, and participate in their Sunday gatherings each week. Hello, welcome back to the Soundless Doctrine podcast. My name is David Zimmer. My name is Bob Coughlin. Great to have you uh, here. Great to have you. you listening and watching if you do. Bob, what are we talking about today? Today, we are talking about how do we use orchestral instruments on Sunday morning? Orchestral because instruments. of a question that someone, actually two people sent in. Great. Yeah, orchestral, like like uh, violin, cello, tuba, you know, tuba. those kind of things. Percussion, yeah. Percussion Japanese. those kind of things. Yes, those kind of things. But, <laughs> but awesome. before we get into our topic today... Uh, I want to read this email that we received from a 30-year-old woman with, um, well, you'll find out who she is, um, which I thought was so encouraging, and uh, yeah, just wanted to read it. That's great, good. Hi, Sound Plus Doctrine team. That's everybody. I just wanted to send a heartfelt thank you for the weekly encouragement I received from your podcast. Actually, listening mm. to podcasts has led me to the decision to leave my church's worship team. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's what we're in. You know, that's that our we're goal, in the business of getting people off their worship teams, <laughs> doing something worthwhile. No, that's, that's, well, actually, that is actually what happened. But um, I have served on our worship team as a vocalist for several years and have been feeling the burden weighing on my family. So this was in response to our podcast on a worship leader and his family. And although why, well, this woman oh, wow. isn't a worship leader, she's on the team. Mm. So she's a part of, of what happens every Sunday and had to think through these, had to think through what we talked about. Wow. So she did. I'm 30 years old and have two young children, ages three and one. My husband is a medical professional who works many weekends. So mm. it's just a hectic time in our lives. Recently, my three-year-old daughter nearly made it up to the platform while scream crying, as I return for the final song of the gathering, parentheses, and here I am thinking my harmonies might be a distraction. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Your podcast has helped me to see the hoops my family has been jumping through and the stipulations I've been placing on our worship leaders so that I can participate. I now realize that I've been neglecting my most important ministry, my family, to participate in another which can easily be fulfilled by someone else in our congregation. Mm. Thank you for being faithful to share biblical truth. I know the Holy Spirit has used your ministry to speak to my heart. Wow. I was so, so encouraged that to is receive so that email. One, for, uh, her, yeah, for her humility in just examining her life mm. and, and asking the questions, you know, is am I supposed to be doing this? Am I giving my attention to the most important things. Mm-hmm. So as she asked those questions, she realized, you know what? I I can be a part of the musicians in the church, but I don't need to be. I, I need mm-hmm. to do what God's telling me to do. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that That's might affect so someone awesome. else as, as they hear that, but uh, yeah. I was greatly encouraged by that. It's so encouraging um, also to hear that... Um, this podcast is serving people that are outside a context of just worship leaders yes, or yes. just pastors. Or being musicians. Yeah, yes. or a, yeah, an instrumentalist in your church. Yep. I just, that's just, that's so encouraging. It's so encouraging to receive those emails. Uh, and God is just so good to give us this yes. opportunity 
um, yes. to try to share what we've learned or what we're thinking through on a Sunday to Sunday basis. So Amen. thankful for that. Yeah. One of the things the podcast exists for is to apply what we what we read in scripture yeah. and what God says to right. us. And um, so often the, the theological principles are separated from the methodology mm. and real problems develop when that happens mm-hmm. uh, because we we start doing things, we have practices that we don't have a theological basis for, but actually we probably do because they're usually, they usually have some reason behind them. Mm-hmm. And we try and trace those reasons back to what God has been very clear about. So God has been very clear about uh, a mom caring for her children. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she, that's what's in his word. Yeah. Uh, but he hasn't been clear on, you should be singing on your, your, yes. in your band on right. Sunday mornings. Right, right, right. So she's distinguishing that yeah. and, and I think making good decisions. Yeah. Now, you can be a mom with young kids and serve in the band on your yeah, church. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but she just saw it was too much for her and her family. So, yeah. yes. 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 All right. Yes. So we're talking about how do we use orchestral instruments on Sunday morning. This was sent in uh, as a question from John. And if you want to send in a question, send it to soundplusdoctrine, that's plus spelled out, at sovereigngrace.com. Yep. And we will get it. Can't answer all the questions, but we, we try to get to as many as we can. Yeah. So he says... Uh, or ask, what place do orchestral instruments have in corporate worship? We have a couple church members from larger churches where they participated in music ministry that incorporated orchestral-style arrangements. Okay. Our church uses simple arrangements each Sunday, acoustic guitar, piano, cajon, vocals. I don't have a desire or skill to start any sort of orchestra. We'll talk about that. However, they've expressed an interest in serving as part of our church's music ministry. Mm. I don't want to squash their desire to serve the church. Yes. But on the other hand, I'm not even sure how I would incorporate their instruments, trumpet and violin. Mm. Additionally, I'm not sure how adding this kind of instrumentation serves congregational singing. Another good question. Yeah, yeah. As the worship leader for my church, can you help me think through this situation? Now, that was linked to another question, or similar to another question sent in by Eric. He said, uh, what, string player, what can string players do to enhance the congregational singing? Um, I try to be mindful that all parts of the church worship team exist to encourage the congregation towards singing. Therefore, uh, I don't want to be a distraction. Oh, this is... He, he plays multiple instruments, violin, cello, and one other instrument. So he's asking, you know, first, how do I manage like okay. playing those different instruments yeah, on a Sunday. Yeah, yeah. But then he's asking a broader question of how does this even help the singing? Yeah. Hopefully though the strings are encouraging people to sing and make melody themselves. Also observe some of your recordings contain strings and wonder if you have thoughts on whether, when whether to include them, especially if it's not if it's for more than just stylistic variety. Hmm. So that's great. Yeah, a I lot mean, of thank stuff to talk about. It is. Thank you, John and Eric, for being so intentional with your church. Yes. And yes. how you're thinking through these things. Yeah. So great. Uh, we pray this is a help help to you. Yeah. And to others who might be going through this. Yeah. So so there are different scenarios with orchestral instruments. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the one was mentioned by John, and that is you know big churches with big orchestras. You were part of a big church, David. Yeah. Big orchestra. Yeah. Um, what was that experience like? Um, great. Um, okay. And they're awesome. <laughs> Maybe I'll fill that out. I knew you were going to do that. <laughs> um, known you for too long. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was really great. I was at, um, 
a church in Sun Valley Grace community uh, that had an orchestra every Sunday. Yeah. And we sang from a hymnal every Sunday. You know, so there were orchestrations for each song. Uh, beginning to end. Sometimes even we had a, a special song in the middle of that of that time where someone would sing, and there was an orchestration, you know, accompanying them as well. Yes. Um, I I thought in a huge choir too. I thought it was big and majestic, and it's wonderful to sing the hymns that way. Yes. Um, I also really love an acoustic guitar and <laughs> a yes. smaller ensemble, and I feel like you know most churches like ours. We don't have even the size or the people for an orchestra, yes, you know, yes. or a big choir. So it can be kind of um, impractical for smaller churches to try yes. to do that. And I think that's what, what John's kind of saying. Hey, people are coming from this big context. Yes. How can they serve? Yeah. Uh, let me tap on that, the big orchestra. You mentioned big orchestra and then also like like acoustic guitar, you know, yeah. small thing. What, what is the difference for you? What are some of the differences in, like, why not a big orchestra every Sunday? For every song? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, man, there's so many ways I could answer that. Um, I feel like there's an opportunity that happens when it's stripped down where you can hear the singing, the congregational mm, singing mm, better. Mm, mm. Uh, and let me make just point there. A lot of critique has been leveled at you know modern bands for being so loud mm -hmm. that you can't hear the singing. That can happen with an orchestra. Absolutely, that can happen with an organ. Yeah, oh, I've <laughs> been in those meetings. Yeah, yeah um, so I, I think that's one. That's one thing. Um, and gosh, I mean, there's so so much I could say, but I would feel like that would be my main okay point. Well, the one that comes to mind is just emotional dynamics and right. the way music works. Everything isn't always full on. Yeah, for sure. And hearing a, a like a guitar and a voice or you know a smaller band, or whatever, it, it's a different feel. It, it's more inviting in some ways. Yeah. Rather than having, you know, the entire orchestral sound. Not that there aren't dynamics in the orchestral sound, but it's it's full, and you don't yeah. want people. You don't want you know thirty people sitting up there. Most of them sitting up there doing nothing. Right. So so they're ten. The parts tend to be written so they're doing yes. something. And there is an inviting quality about music that's less full. So mm -hmm. it's just a thought. Yeah. Um, if you if you're in a big church with a big orchestra, maybe the orchestra doesn't have to play every song. Because here's another point. And that is, there can be a tendency for your musical limitations mm -hmm. to drive your theological diet, mm. meaning that, well, if the song doesn't have an orchestral arrangement, we're not going to do it. Yes. I've talked to people like multiple, that. I may have mentioned on the, the podcast. Yeah, multiple worship leaders. There's a tendency to go to you know, uh, a praise charts or whatever. And it's like, well, they have an orchestration yes. for this song. I probably yes. wouldn't typically do, but really convenient that well, it's yeah, there. That's, that's, that's <laughs> that's As opposed the... to picking the songs that, well, exactly what you said. Mm -hmm. You want to sing this song on Sunday yep. because you know this is going to serve your people. Yep. You're now forced to either write your own arrangement, which I have friends that do that, yes. and they do a fantastic Ryan. job. Ryan Fogelson. Ryan Fogelson comes to Plays mind first. Yeah, he's he's played bass with us and just brilliant arranger. And he does that because he he knows I want to sing this song. Yeah. But if you don't have that genius yes, <laughs> or yes. talent and yeah, gifted yeah. to do that with your people, it can 
it can kind of uh, pigeonhole you. That's right. It yeah. limits you. It limits you. And and our primary concern on a Sunday morning needs to be, at least for singing music, that the word of Christ dwell in people richly. Mm-hmm. So so we have theological categories driving the words of the songs we choose to sing. Right. Can't be a musical like the de- music can't be the determining factor, shouldn't be the determining factor. Yes, exactly. Um, so anyway, all right. So the question he's asking: How, how do you involve these instrumentalists? Um, let me share some of my history. I was in a big church, about three thousand. I think when I came there, it was about two thousand. And um, at that point, they were barely using any instrumentalists, and mm-hmm. we we had some instrumentalists in the church who like were professionals i mean like in orchestras and wow. we weren't using them at all wow. so so we started incorporating uh them over time we had a sax player we had a quartet actually four brothers um, wow. um was it four brothers three brothers and a sister um and we would just use them at different times sometimes uh we wouldn't use them every song yeah we use them every sunday so occasionally we have an orchestra Sunday. When I say orchestra Sunday, we have like 10 instruments, maybe. <laughs> but generally we'd have one instrument up there. So to the specific question, um, you know, how do I start incorporating them? Well, first he says, I, I don't really have a desire um, what is it, to start any sort of orchestra. That's great. You don't need to start an orchestra. Yes. right. Uh, and you don't want to squash their desire to serve the church. You know, this is a trumpet and violin we're talking about. So first, let's say the fact that someone wants to serve, they they play an instrument, they want to serve, doesn't mean they have to serve. Mm -hmm. Just an important distinction, because you have an oboe player in your church, doesn't mean they have to play on a Sunday. Mm -hmm. Now, when the big church has a part of, I started coming up with ways they could serve. Some could only read notes, so they would only play on Sundays that we could have stuff written out. Yes. But the others could play by ear and started having them play mm-hmm. on different Sundays, different songs, and, and that was that that really added to what we did. Yeah. Um and I'll I'll talk about that in, in terms of what different instruments add. Mm-hmm. But I would start by probably having them play they like can rehearsal. Yeah, good. And not so much uh, on a Sunday morning. So we just auditioned, or yeah, we auditioned a flute player in our church here in South Grace mm-hmm. Church of Louisville mm-hmm. on Sunday morning. And um, it, it was great. I had her come in for the last 15 minutes, and she wasn't even using monitors, but she was in our, we put a mic on her. Mm-hmm. And I just started listening to what she played. First, her tone was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, she had a sense of when to play, when not to play. Which, if you're going to play by ear, one of the one of the things you need to realize is there will be times where you're not playing is is as important as the fact that you play. Oh yeah, just because you can doesn't mean you should. Exactly, that's true <laughs> for every instrument, isn't it? Really quick, I not uh, can you say play by ear? What does that mean? Uh, without any notes, so you're just using on a page. You have chord charts, you know, um, yeah, chord charts with letters of chords on the page. Yes. No notes. Yes. And most instrumentalists, trumpet, violin, cello, oboe, uh, sax, whatever, they they typically learn from notes. Yes. It's written out. Right. And, and some 
a lot of classical musicians who are trained classically, they freeze when they're asked to play by ear. Another way of saying that is like improvising? Improvising, yeah. Yeah, okay. Mm -hmm. So freezing because, well, it's not there. I That's can't right. play it. What can I play? But the reality is, if you know just the smallest bit of theory, yeah. you can learn how to play by ear or without notes. Yes. Um, you know, the first thing to do would be to get a, a, uh, an idea of the numbers mm -hmm. of notes in the scale. Mm -hmm. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven in every key or in the keys you typically play in. Uh, so... You know, what's, what's the third in the key of C? Yep. Well, that's E. What's a third in the key of F? Well, that's A. Well, you know, and so know those number scales. Mm -hmm. um, knowing the circle of fifths can help. Uh, just get, you know, move your way around mm -hmm. uh, in terms of what you're doing. Um, yeah, but that'd be, the, that'd be the biggest thing. And so then you, you start listening mm -hmm. to what others have done. Listen to recordings. And okay. most instrumentalists tend to start by just playing the melody. Yeah. Which is fine. It's just not going to have the same kind of impact that it would if you're playing something more intentional. Yeah. And so with this flute player, she had beautiful tone um, and could play the gaps. And when I say play the gaps, Great I mean, point. when you have singing going on, you don't necessarily need to have another uh, melody instrument going on. Yes. Playing the gaps is like the lines between lines of a song, mm -hmm. the space between lines of a song, the space at the end of a chorus before a verse. Yeah. Those spaces where no one's singing, what do you do right there? Yeah. So this past Sunday, we did have a cello player. Um, and, you know, Bethany, she's played on a number of our acoustic uh, recordings. Um she, and I'll, I'll talk to her, say, Bethany, that was great. Right there, once you play right there, not, you know, not when we're singing, just yeah. say right there. And what can help is to play something melodically memorable. Yeah. Rather than just like the chord or, mm -hmm. you know, the root note of the chord or the, the scale of the chord or the, the chord itself. Play something melodically memorable. Yeah. Uh, if you're in Christ alone, duh, 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 which I always use. Let me use another song. Uh, <laughs> what's another song we might use? Um, for instance, we're thinking about. Uh, we're going to be re-recording um, "Behold Our God." Okay, "Behold Our God." And that lead that's played da, typically. Da, 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 da. Yeah. You could play that for sure. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's that's pretty easy because that's Cause one. It's not already... the melody, and someone crafted it for you. Yes. Yes. But you can also take that same melody, which is, I think, what you were just about to say, and you can embellish it. Yes, yes. Where you can play something similar, you can use that as a launching pad to say to, to play something yes. else. Right. Just same thing rhythmically, but just a little different. Yeah. Yeah. Learning to incorporate someone who wants to play, if they don't play by ear, they... they well, I have always told instrumentalists, if you want to play on a Sunday morning, you have to play without notes. Yeah. Uh, I don't... Uh, there are some, some leaders who would write up parts for their instrumentalists every Sunday, and I wouldn't want John to feel like he has to do that. Yeah. Um, I could do that, but I don't think that's the best investment of my time. Mm. Where I think 
I want to invest my time is planning the Sunday meeting, thinking about um, you know what scriptures would be reading and how yeah. things are connected, all those kind of things. Musical decisions are secondary for me. Yeah. Now, leading the music in my church is not my main job. Sovereign Grace Music is my main job, so yeah. I'm kind of like a bivocational uh, elder here. Uh, but I just don't want to give my time to that. So I yeah. say, well, if you want to play, you know, you'll have to learn to play by ear. Yeah. And that's th- those are some of the things I was mentioning earlier about learning the notes of the scale, yes. what they are, Very and then learning helpful. to play in the gaps are pretty pretty important to learn how to do that. Super helpful. I, I think one one thing I would add to what you said um, for John to encourage him is, um, you know, when Bethany even played on Sunday on the cello, we didn't have an electric. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think that is Which one is that is one creative way that you can use different instruments on your team. Maybe it's not a drum set, but maybe it's a cajon, yeah. or maybe it's more of a percussion instrument. Like I know people use djembes or congas. Yeah. Maybe it's not an electric guitar, it's a cello. Yes. And that can fill that that register, that space yes. really nicely in a new, fresh, and different way. And you can do that with a bunch of instruments. That could be a trumpet or, you know, so... It doesn't so, have to be everything all at once, that's well, my point. exactly. Someone described it as, you know, you, you have a pie and you have the pieces of the pie. Everybody up there on the platform is the, a piece of the pie. It's not quite the same because, you know, different instruments share parts of the audio spectrum. Right. Um, but it's a good, good analogy to keep in mind. Yeah. So if there are five members of the band, I probably only need to be paying like, 20, 40% of the time. I don't, yeah. certainly don't need to be playing 100% of the time. Maybe it's more applicable to like melody instruments. Yes. So electric guitar might be a lead. A piano might be a lead. Right. And, and your solo instrument might be a lead. Well, mm-hmm. now, if, if you three are sharing that space, you really need to talk about, well, who's going to do the lead there? Exactly. So that'll, for us, that'll change from Sunday to Sunday. Absolutely. And I might say to, you know, the solo instrument, the violin, the trumpet, the cello, whatever. Um, why don't you take that fill there? Why don't you take the fills for this song, uh, and I'll ha- I'll hang back. That is so helpful. Well, it's it's important. Yeah, it's very. And important. And here's why: if if you don't do that, everybody's kind of playing a melody at the same time, and it's just cacophonous. It's it just, is. It's just confusing. Yeah. So you don't want to be afraid to make those kind of decisions in a rehearsal and say, well, why don't we do this here for this song? Mm-hmm. And, you know, not be afraid that you're going to offend people. Just help them understand that we can't all be playing melody at the same time. Yes. Also, quickly, uh, to, if I could speak to drummers and acoustic guitar players, you don't have to play rhythmically the same That's a good point. all the time. Yeah. If you have a hi-hat playing 16th notes, the gu- acoustic guitar player doesn't have to be Judge, 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 sixteenth notes either. Yes, listening. All, it's all coming back to listening. Yep, each yep. other. Yeah. So, so I want to talk about this specific uh, question they both ask. I'm not sure how adding this kind of instrumentation serves congregational singing. And then uh, the other question was, yeah, what what can string players do to enhance congregational singing? Mm-hmm. You know, God gave us. Uh, minds, hearts that respond to music in different ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it, you'll you'll see it when in you listen to soundtracks for movies or when you watch a movie, and they'll use a 
a, a violin, for instance, at a certain moment, right. and you think, now, if they use like a tuba right there, it wouldn't be the same. Yeah. Or if they used a piano, you know, it, it wouldn't be, a piano and violin is different. It is, yeah. Than just piano by itself. Yeah. Why is that? Well, there are a lot of different reasons, cultural reasons, experiential reasons, mm -hmm. you know, what we're familiar with and what we're used to. Um but they, it does make a difference. Right. So what, what strings can do is they can provide, for one, this momentary respite from the rest of the sound and just a reflective and angsty, a pensive uh, you know, rendition of the melody that can reflect the words we're singing. If you're singing That's Jesus great. Paid It All, you know, and in the, the, the turn... Um, he washed it white as snow. Do 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 do. Yeah. You just do have a violin do that melody. Oh yeah. You put a string quartet under that. Yeah. You know Jesus paid it all for for like a verse or a chorus. Mm -hmm. It it's just a different feel. It's yeah. a different sound. It's it's more. I don't know exactly what you'd call it necessarily, um, but it's moving. Yeah. It, it directs you towards the fact that what we're singing here is significant. Mm -hmm. It matters. Um, and of course, if you have a good arranger, whether that's spontaneous arranger or something that's been worked out, uh, it can it can really affect the way those words land on people. Yeah. So with a trumpet, it's different. You know, trumpet's yeah. going to play something very different than a violin would play. Right. And I wouldn't put it, uh, well, I just use a trumpet pensively on a softer song, mm -hmm. which it can be. Mm -hmm. uh, and if you're going to use, if you do a Mighty Fortress, oh my gosh, well, that, that would be fantastic. Yeah. It's like regal, it's yeah. pronounced, it's, it's yeah. Um, energetic, and yeah, trumpet could be great for that. Does a trumpet need to play on every song? No. Yeah, no. Yeah. So I think in introducing those instrumentalists to your team, you keep these kind of parameters in mind. Make it clear up front. We'd love to have you be a part of this. Let me hear how you play. Yeah. What you can do. And again, if you read notes, well, let, let's learn how to play by ear. Yeah. It wouldn't be wrong to you know put a lead sheet in front of someone and say, just play the melody on like the third verse and the chorus. Right. Yeah. Be a good way to introduce them yes. into the... Yeah, for sure. Yes. Um, as, as we're just talking about all of this, I'm just moved by the create the creativity of god in in mm. in instrumentation yes yeah um we want to steward that well um and not yes. be distracting uh but i just love that that and it's going to be different for cultures different yes. cultures yes. are going to have different yeah. instruments you know we're just talking about what we gather with on sunday mornings yes i just i just see the creativity of god and all the things that we're doing uh and there are ways we can use it and steward it well. Yeah, that really serves the congregation. Yeah. So, so the the bottom line is, it's not an imperative mm -hmm. that we include orchestral instruments on Sunday morning. It, you're you're not less than your church isn't less than if you don't have a full orchestra. Right. And we're not commanded to use orchestral instruments, mm -hmm. but there might be ways that we can use them that encourage people's hearts 
and enable the word of Christ to dwell in them more richly. Mm-hmm. So that's that's our job, uh, you know, to figure that out. Yeah. And as as uh, you know, we included a solo instrument probably, you know, th- two, three out of four Sundays. Mm-hmm. Uh, some Sundays we won't have one at all, and it's not like God looks at that and goes. It's not oh, full man, enough. That, oh, guys, <laughs> come on. You know, otherwise we put ourselves under this burden of always having to have bigger and better and louder, yes. and we don't see that in Scripture. Yeah. What we see is instruments coming alongside to support faith-filled, Christ-exalting, Spirit-empowered singing. Yeah. Um, and that's what we want to do. And orchestral instruments can be used to do that, used sparingly or as a full orchestra, um, they can be used to do that. So, so I'd encourage you, John, um, get those people involved, yeah. and uh, yeah. just yeah. don't feel like you got to do it every Sunday. Could be once, once a once a month, mm-hmm. um, and just balance their their schedules with what you want to do on a Sunday. And think it could uh, really serve the church. Yeah, man, absolutely. That's great. Well, that's what we got on that's orchestral it. instruments on Sunday morning. Thanks for joining us, and we hope you come back. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening to Sound Plus Doctrine, the podcast of Sovereign Grace Music. Sovereign Grace Music exists to produce Christ-exalting songs and training for local churches from local churches. For more information, free sheet music, translations, and training resources, you can visit us at SovereignGraceMusic.org.